The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that by interviewing successful people in the industry. This week, we have on Anthony Williams. Anthony is on a meteoric rise within the advertising industry. He is an account supervisor at Translation over in Brooklyn, New York. He also was a 2020 Ad Color Future. If you don't know what Ad Color Future is, you should check it out. Translation is a full-service agency that recently won AdAge's Small Agency of the Year in 2021, and they are known for their award-winning work for Beats by Dre, AT&T, McDonald's, Budweiser, NBA, State Farm, and more. I love their uh, State Farm deep fake commercial during the Last Dance documentary, and it fooled all my friends and me when we first saw it, if you recall. Anthony talks about his career and his break-in story and gives advice this episode, including highlights working at Wyden and Kennedy Portland. Oh, and he has some tailored resources to help you break into advertising. To find those, head over to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. All one word at breaking and entering pod. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. Kick it, Mikey. All right, Anthony Williams II, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. This is going to be a great episode, I can already tell. Nice, nice. Thanks for having me, Gino. Appreciate the opportunity. I'm pumped to have you on. We were talking before a little bit, but right off the bat, let's get let's let the people know who you are, what you do. You're an account supervisor at Translation, and yes. that's an agency that I was learning more about and found out that you guys are doing some really, really cool stuff. So tell us about your role in Translation and in yourself. Sure, sure, sure thing, man. Again, appreciate the opportunity, Gino. So yeah, a little bit about me, Anthony Williams II, born and raised in Maywood, Illinois, a little suburb outside Chicago. Mm-hmm. Love, love the Midwest kid at heart, the spirit hustle. I think that the city of Chicago breeds. That's definitely me, especially our energy. I, I do. I love it here, man. I'm always going to ride hard for just like, the Midwest itself. A little bit about me, just always been a fan of sports, music, culture, been part of I feel like every little thing when I was a kid, man. I, I did soccer, I did musical theater, I did gymnastics, I did tumbling, I did performing arts, did basketball, literally just did everything, anything I felt like was fun, active, keep me engaged. Always had a interest in pop culture and kind of just growing up. We all do, you know, from video games, of course, music. I was a big BET 106 and Park kid. I loved the Nickelodeons, loved the Disney channels, like always just obsessed with media and I think entertainment, especially being in, you know, interested in musical theater and stuff like that. That was kind of always where my interest was. So I think finding advertising was a nice way of kind of fitting myself and easing into that industry um, without even really knowing it. You know, you see incredible commercials when I think of like some throwback Sprite work or Mountain Dew work or obviously McDonald's, you know, just the Mecca of advertising back then, maybe like the early 2000s, you always see these great pieces of work, but you never really know how's it coming together. Nike even ads in particular, like just being so mesmerized. 
to be able to now be on a side where we're actually creating that work and, and shifting culture. But of course, having fun with it. That's that's the biggest thing at the end of the day. I knew for sure I did not want to be in an industry where I was clocking in, doing the same old, same old routine day and night. I wanted something that was dynamic, energetic. You, no two days are ever alike. That's for sure. And yeah. uh, I certainly found it with advertising. So fast forward, been at a couple of opportunities, a couple of roles, which I know we'll probably get into a little bit later. But yeah, mm-hmm. currently serving as an account supervisor at Translation LLC out there in Brooklyn, working on the WhatsApp team and United Masters work. Pretty solid A1 team. A lot of great creatives coming in the building. A lot of great, like, I, I, honestly, that place is like a think tank full of ideas. Translation is really big on pushing the culture forward. And Steve Stout, being the CEO and the founder, was really big on that, on the cultural or the common denominator of, of I think, everything. When we look at technology, when we look at storytelling, when we look at culture itself. Like, it's that cultural capital, which he's really big on uh, finding for translation, knowing that, like, incredibly talented and work and, and, and creative work that you see out in the world usually has to start from, like, that cultural capital. What and do you mean? You said that a couple times. I'm curious what yeah. like, cultural capital. Can we just yeah, yeah. talk about what that means? I think that means, and in, in way I look at it is like, for example, Men in Black, the movie with uh, Will Smith. That movie, obviously, is what it was. But what people don't realize is the Ray-Bans that Will Smith wore in, in the movie, that like did numbers for Ray-Ban. Like, I'm talking okay. about numbers out of this world because of that cultural capital, almost like a product placement. We see a music video or we see like, you know, a liquor brand and a music video. That is like the cultural capital, like seeing something in a, in a space that maybe is not always there, but that's, that's what made it elevate. Whether it was a person wearing it or it was featured in a movie or it was a snippet or something here and there. That's, right. I think, where that cultural capital is. Like that's really breaking the status quo and, 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 creating like this enthusiasm around a brand or an idea really just based off a feature, you know? Totally. So Steve Stout is the name of the founder. Indeed. Is that correct? Came from, came from the music world, especially at his time at like Interscope records and a lot of, a lot of big names he's touched and worked with in the industry and then um, made his way into advertising and still is even doing work with music with United Masters, which is like, the premier platform for independent artists, indie artists who are realizing, especially I think now more days that we are our own cultural capital and not being having to sign to some of these big labels that unfortunately uh, history has proven to kind of screw the, screw the artists over. But like yeah. when you're the, when you're the own CEO, when you're the own engineer of your brand, your own music, your company, like that's what he's really championing. And uh, it, it's really an awesome time to be a part of that because we see so many artists switching over to the independent side and showing that mm. autonomy that they're able to have in the music space. Nice. Who are yeah. some artists that I might know? I mean, the big ones, I feel like you for surely got like the Chance the Rapper or you even got like mm-hmm. Rust. Those yep. names of people that have been around for a minute who are truly paving the way. I mean, man, the, the list goes on. You got Coltrane. I can't even think of them all right now, but no, no, it's all good. I was going to ask you then, like, so this idea of cultural, cultural capital is super interesting, and 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 it seems like you guys have a method that's working, and you've been there for seven months now. 
So what is that what drew you to the agency? What or did they find you? Tell us how you you ended up there. Yeah, no, I think I definitely had been noticing translation for quite some time. Being in the industry and obviously seeing new shops and even sometimes the smaller shops that are creating just dynamite work and, and coming out the woodwork as they have been with AT&T with like their zip codes work, as well as the Beats by Dre, You Love Me spot. Even obviously the iconic like State Farm, Chris Paul partnership that has been, I mean, brewing for years mm-hmm. now over there at Translation. Like you've always, you know, notice it and see it. And uh, I've always taken an eye to them because they have, they've really been killing it in the game. I think they they got their finger and their pulse on the culture and knowing right. like, you know, when you take away all the frills and all the fluff, like it just comes down to like, what's that one true key insight thing that make people like excited or what we, you know, crave for and basically what the, what everyone's after these days. Like they're really good at honing in on that. And I think specifically, I really, a uh, shout out to the context team. I've been able to work with some pretty dope folks on the context side at Translation because I think they're a great blend of strategy and media and knowing like where to hit certain platforms, knowing how to attack on certain platforms, but also like building these rollout plans that, I mean, if you take a step back and just see how like we're dominating different facets and avenues and platforms and touch points, they're really good at building that. And I think this, this context team, is this like a media planning, like media strategy? Yeah. yeah. To me, they're like a, a nice hybrid of media and strategy. Yeah. You have to, you have to know yeah. where you're, where you're, where your audience is going, what they're saying, where in their daily life, like where they're going to be. You got to meet them there with your brand. Absolutely. They definitely know how the best place of getting those eyeballs and obviously, you know, keeping your attention. I know obviously today day we're getting bombarded with so much info. I mean, left and right. So it's, it's really nice to see some of the thinking that we're doing on the work and how they're coming up with, again, these different touch points of ways of elevating the the creative. Once we get in a good spot, that's, I think one of the best things I've seen coming out of this agency for as, the time I've been here now. What about your role specifically? Yeah, I, people sure. tuning into this episode, they look through when our audience, they're looking at the podcast, they're looking for specific roles that they want to be or they're looking at agencies that they want to go to. So somebody might be listening here that they're, they're passionate about account management. I was super passionate, still am, about account management when I was in college. I reverse engineered. I wanted. I knew I wanted to be a double AE when I graduated. I did that, but that's the people listening now. So, like, what's your role at Translation, and how is it different from maybe like the Wyden Kennedy or We Are Unlimited that you've been at before? If it was different at all, no, sure, sure. Good question. I, I will say, being an account manager is like being the the point guard in the game, uh, the quarterback on the football field, the maestro, you know, for the orchestra. They're the conductor, even like they're very much so always on. It's an always on type of role because you're dealing with so many different parties. Internally, you have obviously the creative team, production team, strategy, context, media, BA, legal, you know, business affairs teams. But then on the external side, you're literally the eyes and ears for the agency for the client and the client for the agency. So on the client side, now we have, you know, your day to day clients their heads and their global marketing teams, whatever, so have you, but also the external parties they might deal with. So whether it's other media right. partners or vendors, you're really the, the, the go-to person always with you know, managing timelines, managing schedules, managing budgets, managing, right. managing people and managing ideas. 
because so many things, and especially in this industry, like everything, you know, art is subjective and, and, and creative is, is subjective. So, mm-hmm. so many people with so many diverse ideas and um, opinions, you have to kind of find a way to be able to tailor your communication and tailor your thinking um, so that one, obviously everyone is feeling included, but also so that you're getting the work done because clients are coming to you with a brief and objectives and looking for certain things to be taken care of. And obviously at you as the as the account person, you know, you're rallying your team internally to be like getting them excited about, you know, work and making sure that we're hitting on the client's brief for their deliverables um, and making sure, of course, that it's on strategy and it's on brief. Because at the end of the day, I feel like advertising is just creative problem solving. And you're really steering that entire ship to solve the problem from concept to selling in the work to now actually producing the work and then shipping the work out the door for the whole world and obviously expecting and anticipating the results that, you know, you built all this work for. Mm-hmm. Um, account management is, I, when I first started at Wyden, one of my bosses who was one of the incredible, her name is Louisa, she told me account management is not sexy. You have to make it sexy. And that stuck with me because it's not. It really isn't sexy. But being able to work with so many different people and build those relationships and those bonds because you're working, you know, for projects, timelines can extend to a couple of days to months, even years. You're really a person who maybe feels comfortable with building those relationships, talking, communicating, and also willing to have those difficult conversations when the budget is coming in a little bit over than what, you know, clients expected or when the Mm -hmm. budget is coming in, you know, a little bit under than maybe what the creatives expected. Or obviously, you know, working with like BA to kind of figure out, not loopholes, but how can we make this work? But obviously making sure that, you know, no one's coming after suing us. So you're definitely at the helm of a lot of problem solving, but you're comfortable having those. I'd say for anyone interested in account management, those are just being aware of so many different things that not only have to deal with like your role, but like what other people are dealing with and what maybe other people are interested in because you want to be able to help gather all those insights when it comes to like the full team and when you're all at the table and everybody's, you know, sharing their different opinions and views, you have to be the one who's kind of like finding that common thread between all of it. Absolutely. I mean, way of answering you, but you seem to me like from when you first, since we've been talking, like understanding culture and, you know, consuming so, so many different things when you were younger, did you ever want to go to copywriting or art direction as a, as a career route? No, only because I'm, to be honest, I don't think I knew about it. Like I, I didn't necessarily know art, what an art director was or what a copywriter was, or, you know, you, you see a director for like music videos, or you see a director for like movies and, and actors and stuff like that. But we, it's very rare that I feel we know what happens really behind the scenes from media, from context, from strategy, different vendors, partners, um, even within the agency world, producers and, and production coordinators and production assistants, like really stop. And when you watch a movie, really stop and pay attention to those credits. Cause I don't think I started doing that until maybe like high school. But as a kid, no, nah, I, I definitely, I thought I was going to be like the next usher if we're honest. Oh, really? That's awesome. I just asked that cause, oh, I think it's, it's people are drawn to advertising cause creativity and, yeah. And that there's a parallel between business and creativity, and they think that you know they're creative. So I always like to, you know, I always ask account folks like if there ever was aspirations to get into 
like a, a writing or, or art direction role. So sure, not the case sure. with you. It's funny because I've also heard that a little more wisdom I've got from previous mentors that you have to be able to like know everyone's job and everyone's role. And that's that's a lot to ask if you're only interested in say account management, this is all you know. So you don't really know necessarily the the mechanisms of what a producer has to deal with in terms of equipment or right. uh managing you know budgets or deliverables and specs and stuff like that. Like all of that I was learning as I was learning and growing in my own account role. So it's a mm-hmm. you know even a copywriter, art director, like you know, to be able to know everyone else's role, that's that's a lot. So for those who are interested, I will say it comes in handy because again, like I think a good account person is someone who is invested in a lot of different facets and knows about a lot of things. But what's, um, go ahead. what's the what's the most challenging part of your of your role? Mm. For me, it's Excel sheets and, and budgeting. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I'd say for me, it's definitely again, it's having those those challenging and difficult conversations. I mean, it is very rare that a project is delivered on time, according to budget, no hiccups. Like, in a perfect world, sure. But also, there is no perfect world. And there's also no perfect timeline and no perfect, like, work back schedule you can create. There's always going to be shifts. You can say you were going to deliver a file by end of day all you want. If the file isn't ready and if the creative team isn't rocking with it and if internally you guys aren't feeling good about it and it's not in a good place to be shared externally and with clients, hey, client XYZ, really liking the work. It's 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 there, but it's not there yet. Give us another day. Let us work a little bit more through the night. Let us jam a bit further and then come back to you when the work is in a great, solid spot and we're confident about it and we're all loving on this side so that you can be loving it. Having like those that. conversations are so difficult because it never goes that easy. No, so that, that is. I, I'm a people pleaser, and <laughs> I I feel like I you know I I hate confrontation. And if I say something, I try to deliver the best I can. But if it's just not there and it's not going to meet their expectations, it's all about leveling expectations, right? Absolutely, and also keeping it keeping it a buck fifty. I think. Sometimes people at known account managers like find their ways to not brown nose, but always, you know, you have to be good at, again, tailoring your communication. But also sometimes, kind of like Eugenio said, having those difficult conversations, also being a people pleaser. Sometimes you just have to pull the bandaid right off and keep it, as I say, a buck 50. Like, hey, we're just not ready in a good spot or, hey, we're coming in over budget, but this is why we're trying to mm-hmm. deliver the best amount of creative. And not only are we going to be delivering this, but we also want to capture these extra scenes and we want to get maybe a few more angles, but we're going to need an extra day because we want to bring up more talent and more crew. And, you know, it's, we're going to need a B crew. Like having those conversations are not easy and something like almost similar to you. Yeah. I'm a bit of a people pleaser and it's, it's kind of hard when you're letting people down because you don't want to, you know? Absolutely. Love it. Before we, before we kick it back to how you like got started, I want to just cover off like, some other things like that we need to know about translation, like how many people work there and highlight some of your favorite work one more time for people that might not, might not have heard of it. Give them a shout out. Give us the rundown one more time about translation. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when it comes to some of the big, again, like iconic work for Beats by Dre, the, the, you love me spy, you got the AT&T 
Codes of Culture, uh, State Farm. They even did some work for ESPN's The Last The Last Dance, which was mm-hmm. like this almost like you would have thought we were actually watching a Sports Center uh, telecast from like the 1998 year, but it was it was part of the Last Dance Netflix documentary that came out, and it was done so funny. Cool. It was awesome. I remember yeah, talking man, about because. Had so many people really thinking that we were watching a commercial from 98. And I was like, bro, that that got me. Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, that I remember sitting there with like all my friends in the pandemic, my senior year of college, and we we would tune in like religiously every week for it. And everybody sure. would be quiet. Like we'd stop what we were doing. <laughs> and we were watching that and that and that episode, that commercial came out a couple of times. Yes. I mean, yeah. it just got us and it was awesome. It was so trippy, man. I I think whoever the team behind that, I don't know who exactly, but that was before me. But even even Apple Music, they did a spot with Mary J. Bly, Kerry Washington, and Taraji P. Henson, and they're all like listening to their jams. And it was like the classic when girls link up and especially sisters, and they 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 filling their bops and their jams. Mm-hmm. Like it was so at ease. That commercial just felt like it didn't take much. It just turned on the camera, and this is probably how they were. Love you know, it. on a regular, even yeah. outside of like film, the Budweiser, like Made in America Festival, translation helped spearhead that. So, oh, okay. I mean, even showing ways that they're dipping outside of you know the traditional film, mm-hmm. they, they definitely got their paws on a lot of things. But how many people work there? Do you know? It's growing. I will say it's growing. So I don't know the exact number, but it's, it's okay. definitely growing. We we hire. I mean, it's like sheesh at least like 25 new hires i feel like every time we have an all agency all hands Love meeting um, so it. it's definitely growing okay i'd say about maybe like a, a, a medium-sized shop now okay. especially this year good that's good that's growing all right let's kick it back how do you get started i know okay so people i think people and i'll mention this in the intro because it's interesting i know anytime there's a widen experience we like to talk about that it gets a lot you know widens one of my favorite agencies a lot of our listeners favorite agencies but we will talk about how you got to widen there was an internship but even before that so what was your first break into advertising whether that was an internship did you you know was it when you were at northern illinois how did you decide advertising and then what was your first break in for sure i will say I definitely give my credit to a program called the Marcus Grant Project. It was started by Lincoln Stevens and Larry Urell. I'll always give them kind of like the the nod for what actually got me into the traditional, we'll say, agency advertising world. Tell us about Um, it. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's called the I Create Summer Bootcamp Workshop. So it's a really, and I mean intense. When I say intense, it was intense. Like summer bootcamp workshop. I did it the year 2017. We were celebrating the, we were basically we were the 10th anniversary class of the Marcus Graham Project because they started in 2007. And it's it's based off, Marcus Graham Project was a character Eddie Murphy played in a movie called Boomerang. I mean, he was, he was this young black advertising, like young hotshot. And that's who it's named after. But it really gave black and brown individuals the time to be able to work on real briefs with real clients, real deliverables in effort, you know, producing campaign for, like I said, for real clients. So that year I worked with Fossil, Apple, and we had another one. Oh, Travel Portland, Widen. That's how that came into play. So okay. for the very first week internship, we actually got to 
like be housed at Widening Kennedy. Like we were, it felt like we were living in the bunker. For those who know what the bunker is at the Portland office, we were living, it felt like living in there working. What's the bunker? It's, it's this, uh, it's this room in uh, the Portland office, no windows. And it is like a bunker. Uh, It's, (laughs) it's no windows. It's hovered. It's hollow. But that's where the magic happens. I mean, some advertising icons and celebrities and I mean, Big, big names have been in that room, in that bunker. So it's, it's kind of a piece of history, honestly. I know like where, if I'm going to start my career anywhere, coming out of college because I have one more semester, I was like, it has to be in a place like this. And I wanted oh, yeah. to be in that specific office. 72 hours, we got briefed and had to turn around a, a brief for Travel Portland in 72 hours. And yeah, we was working, we was hungry, even got to present to the Travel Portland clients. And that's when I really took my first dive into a, a account manager or a brand manager role. And that is when I think I was like, yeah, again, this is where I want to start. So fast forward 2018, you know, I had to graduate first. I went to, uh, started at We Are Unlimited in Chicago, did a small stint there, and then I got an opportunity to be an intern at Widen Kennedy for part of their summer residency program. Let's let's break that down because we are unlimited. Was McDonald's agency of record for the longest time? I actually I don't know how long, but they're in Chicago, and I don't think they're uh, they're not a thing anymore. I'm pretty sure they got bought up by somebody. Do you know who? I don't offhand. Okay, so they're not a thing. They might have gotten bought up. But regardless, you already had you. What was your role? Were you double AE? Yep, I was a double AE at uh, We Are Unlimited. So you're doing that. Yeah. In person. This was pre-COVID, right? Very much so pre-COVID. And you got that first job through your connections at the Marcus Graham program, or how did you Actually, how did you get that? I know let me give a shout out to her. Her name is Veronica Appleton. She not part of directly part of the Marcus Graham project. I'm just kind of she's a she's the who's who and someone you should know, especially if you were young and upcoming in Chicago. She was part of a program called Coalesce, which is also called like MAFA Chicago now. And they were it, it was big on getting, again, black and brown individuals who were interested in media and advertising. Sure. And uh, she she knew of me. I knew of her. And right. she was always like looking out for me, knew I was graduating and mentioned, hey, we are unlimited is hiring. And at that time, you know, I, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm just fresh out, like across the stage. Yep. Uh, I knew I wanted to get into advertising. And that would seem like a, a great opportunity. And it was. It was a true blessing. For me to start there, especially working like downtown Chicago. Where was um, the office? The Illinois building. So right there on Michigan Avenue. Okay. I mean, literally right by the water. I had my big boy like duffel bag and, and just going to work every day. Like those are memories. I think even right now I'm still smiling just because you, you'll never like get those memories again. Right. But especially look, going to an office because I know that's not even heard of anymore. Like. I don't even know what an office is these days. (laughs) So, yeah, I started there working on some pretty cool work. Um, We called it Hot G, which is like hot off the grill. Basically, like a lot of beef work for McDonald's. Like I said, small time there because then an opportunity opened up at Widen. And that was built off of the connections that I had made during the Marcus Grant Project and being at Widen and working on Travel Portland. I kept in contact with those people even beyond I graduated. I mean, even while I was still in school, I was emailing them. I mean, like, Hey, I graduated in five months. I graduated in four months. I graduated in three months. I graduated in two months. Like I was, that's so smart. I mean, people underestimate, you know, doing it early and often 
like sending these emails out because when it's when it's time for people to graduate or look for an internship everybody's reaching out and if you don't have those connections beforehand your chances are slim significantly yep yep everything especially nowadays it's not based off what you know it's really who you know and who knows you and who can vouch for you i like that second part and yeah i like that second part you wrote that in the uh natalie uh natalie kim's Yes. article it's about yes. who knows you as well exactly exactly who can who can vouch for you and speak for you when you're not in those rooms because that that goes a long way and i, I really believe that's how this industry and this world works you know opportunities are you know the closed mouths don't get fed so if you you showing your talents and your but you know you might not be in all these spaces but those who can mention your name and bring you up and champion you you know, those are good people you want to keep in your corner. And and there were there were several people at Widen who were championing me for me. I mean, Barbie, Heather Morba, Corey, I mean, Brandon Viney, like people who I just always were following up with and letting them know, like, hey, I, I, I'm interested. I want to be right. a part of this. When the opportunity presented itself, yeah, I, I went running. Preparation plus opportunity equals success. So I was mm-hmm. preparing and the opportunity was there and we ran with it. So you were full-time double AE at We Are Unlimited, which is a good agency with McDonald's. And you get an internship offer. Yeah. And how do you explain this to your parents? Like, <laughs> what's going to happen there? Like, what are you thinking? Like, I know Widen is, is an opportunity you can't really pass up. But people maybe outside your immediate circle, your sphere of influence, probably thought you were crazy. For sure. I will say this though, I don't knock interns in internships because internships are honestly the best like avenue possible for you to make mistakes, for you to figure out just what the hell you're doing. And then to ultimately determine if this is really what you want to do. You know, I, I I'm I'm a big, of, big advocate for internships. Of course. And I I I get that. And you have as many as you want. And <laughs> you know, if you can do it, you're eighth grade to fr- like freshman year of college to wherever sure. wherever you're going all, like do as many as you can sure but you already had a full-time job and mm-hmm. i i understand why but i just think that, that i don't hear that a lot in this podcast that people have a full-time job they go back to another internship sure. to it's because yeah. we know an internship here is kind of like uh a job is a job application sure. or an interview it's a it's a long interview where they're seeing you know, do you fit? Do you like us? It's both ways. So I get, I get it. So I just thought, you know, calling that out was really interesting, really brave of you. Did you have to move to Portland for that? I did. I did. So now being Illinois, being in Chicago, went to North Illinois University. Now here I am working downtown Chicago all my life. And you're right. The word of an internship. Yeah. It definitely for my parents, they were like, kind of wait, what? But they knew how much I wanted it. And you really got to be, you got to be willing to take risks. Life begins, at the end of, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I've, I, I truly wholeheartedly believe that. Like, if you're not willing to grow and stretch and be uncomfortable, you know, you, you can expect kind of the same things then, you know? For right. me, that risk was packing my bags, moving, I mean, across to the complete other side of the country to a place I had really never even spent more than a week in, Portland, not knowing the culture, not knowing no family, anyone out there, absolutely anyone. But I think that's also just the power of like, you know, for me specifically in my spirituality, like God and uh, and blessings and divine like order, because mm-hmm. I built a family out there. 
so much so I did not have a place to live in Portland until almost a week before I actually moved out there. Oh, goodness. The angel, the lady by the name of Janina Childs, who I will always credit everything to because if it wasn't for her, oh, there was no way in hell that I was moving out to Portland. So here I am now, fresh, fresh, you know, graduated, at a job, leaving, moving across the country and moving in to live with someone, a complete stranger. But that's just like her spirit, her energy, who, and who she was. Did she work at Wyden or was it just a random yes, person? Yes. And she's been there ever since I was, I don't want to age, but she's been there since like the 90s. Okay. Um, but she's an OG. Like she is. And so everyone knew of her. Everyone loved her. And when people found out I was staying with her, everybody's reaction was, oh, you're in good hands. Oh, you have nothing yeah. to worry about. Oh, you're wow. well, you're, and, and that's why like, I, I came to figure out like this move was meant for me because she's family to me now. Oh, um, that's incredible. So she, she, so you moved in with her name's Janine, correct? Janina. Janina. And what's her role real quick? She is head at, so almost people, diversity. I want to say it's, I should know this, unfortunately. Well, when you were there. I, or I can yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It was kind of like in the uh, HR side. Sure. So she, so she kind of took you under her wing. Literally, yeah, like where she absolutely. lived, and I'm I'm sure like she mentored you, like even after work, like absolutely. having somebody you work with. I've never had that experience. That's interesting. Like, what was that dynamic like when you were like you worked hard all day, probably <laughs> into the night, and then you go back home? Like, was it just like don't talk about work, or is it just like like, uh, like therapy no. in some sort of way? What was that dynamic like after work? No, no, with Janina, it was always just like. She's really big on you just being your 100% true, genuine self. Mm-hmm. So if I came home and I was talking about like struggles I was having at work and not figuring this out, she would just let me talk. She would just let me vent. I, I think we were almost like therapy for each other because it was just me living there. So us being able to like, you know, chop it up and talk about so many things and, you know, share stories. I mean, that's, again, a bond now that's stuck with me for the rest of my life. Wow. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it helped me because again, again, she's a veteran. So like people knew her, everyone knows her. Right. She was also able to give me, you know, so much like insight into working with, you know, certain teams or divisions or mm-hmm. also just living, being black in Portland. Like she would let me know where to go, where not to go, but always wanted me to like explore, like gave me the keys and was like, Hey, you're, you're grown. You're, you can take care of yourself. But you know, she also adopted like and brought me into her family. So sometimes on the weekend, I was kicking it with her and her mom and her brother and her nieces. And I mean, like her girlfriends, even we would just all have dinner. Like my very first night there, they did. They had a family dinner for me. And that's why it was just, again, divine like order. Amazing. Yeah. And you stayed at Wyden and for what, for how long? A couple of years? Yeah. About three years. About three, About three years. years. Got to touch some pretty, pretty dope work. Working on the Nike account, also doing a small stint on like Amazon Music. But my my time on the Nike account, like doing Nike in North America and global with heavy hitters was when you, you think about like advertising gold and the team and the people that you want to be around, it was that crew. Starting off as an intern and then being able to come on full board when I got the full opportunity, you know, I'll say with internships, you're right. It is like that job 
interview of you trying to figure out if you're a right fit and they're right both fit. ways yeah yeah i feel like from the first week i was a right fit <laughs> sure, and hope sure. I wanted them to feel like i was a right you know that okay was, yeah that's good that you felt you know that sure. it was you wanted to be mutual you really like them yes right yes. right and you just yeah, hope you that they like you just as much and a right. big part of that which I, I always share is showing the value because let's be honest everyone can do these different roles just with a little bit of time and learning and thinking and you know everyone could do it if they want it but what is it that you like you specifically gino you specifically anthony or fill in the blank of your name what is it about you that provides value to that team and what is it that they will want to keep you specifically on for because yeah it was plenty of interns and people trying to get the role but like what is it about you specifically and that's i think providing value is one of the biggest things that for any internship the, the client value your coworkers value your boss value who are you providing value to and what I is your value i would say value of value starting with the team because those are again people right. you're working with day in and day out you know yeah um what is it that you're bringing to the table that no one else can bring whether that's your your insight your thinking your energy your uh charisma whatever talents and gifts that you have like maximize those because then that I shows you true value I love that. Yeah, go. I, I've always been pretty like on this side of go all in on your strengths. Mainly because I don't like working on my weaknesses, but that's important too. But if you can really like emphasize your your value and whatever mm-hmm. that may be, you know, and I think a really good exercise for this is to ask your close friends. They don't even have to, you know, you know, just people that know you, that you trust and love and ask them like what, what can I offer? What do I offer that's that's unique? What you know? What makes mm-hmm. me who I am? Because when you're looking at yourself under the microscope, for me personally, like I had to write a bio for myself recently, and I was like, I don't know what to say. Like, but having like a friend tell me in an honest way, not look fishing for compliments, really was helpful. So right. that might help too. Love that. Great idea. Yeah. Amazing. And. Any other highlights, you know, just working at Wyden, like you were there for three years. So obviously you loved it. That's a good amount of time in the ad world. What was, what you know, what made it for the time to switch or any other comments there? Yeah, no, I think that place is always like family. And I think that's one thing about a lot of these, even a lot of the agencies, even outside of Wyden. I think, you know, you, people might leave for for new opportunities and this that and the third and obviously you know mm-hmm. growth growth is huge in this industry and it should be for everybody it's always yes. a time for growth it's a time for everything but it's the people at the end of the day like the people who you in the trenches with who you want to be in the trenches with those who are mentors to you who end mm-hmm. up becoming friends but also then becoming even extended family that is what i think was the hardest thing to leave I knew I wanted to grow. I knew I wanted to try new opportunities, especially, you know, seeing the work that was being done at Translation really, really was of interest to me. But the hardest is definitely leaving the people because those are people, you know, you've come to grow with and learn. Oh, yeah. um, and they are, they're, they're pretty remarkable. But the beautiful thing is that they don't, those type of relationships don't end when, no. you know, you're, you, you sign the last date for the HR and you have your exit interview. You feel me? <laughs> right. Like, they, they last. Relationships are always going to be. Yeah, make sure you stay in touch. I love it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And this industry is so small too. You know, people go mm-hmm. to one place and and 
you know, you really want to work with great dynamic people who, mm-hmm. you know, are, are, are talented and skilled in their own individual craft. So I know I go to a place and I'm building a team or I'm working in a new area fast, even if it's outside of advertising. And I know there's somebody who one I can work with in the trenches. I rock with them. I rock with their energy. I'm mm-hmm. I, yes, I'm going to do everything I can to bring you over here. Um, right. That's why the industry is so small. It's, it's really just tapping into the resources that are, you know, in your back pocket or of a friend of a friend or a network who can vouch for you. Yep. I love it. Can people reach out to you, ask you any questions? If so, how should they do that? Uh, I mean, definitely hit me on, on LinkedIn. That's I feel like that's the best place. Yep. I was a LinkedIn nerd in college. Like I would just go through so many different profiles of people in music and in advertising. And in the early stages, I think, you know, Netflix was probably the only streaming partner at that time. Just mm. trying to get, like, you know, pick their brain. One thing that you realize, which, you know, I'm sure you can attest to, people love talking about themselves. So anytime that you can take the opportunity to just pick someone's brain and get an inkling and gleaning into their life, hit them up. Like, LinkedIn is an incredible way to do it. Also, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Anthony Lewis. You can find me there. Yeah, please reach out. Always, always down and willing to talk it up because I was that person who was always looking for people to talk to. Love that. And you're, and I'm sure you're willing to give it back. And that's what we appreciate. That's how we make this industry keep moving forward. So I love it. I have no more questions, Anthony. This has been fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity, Gino. Appreciate it. And yeah, definitely hit me, guys. If you got any more questions, always down to chop it up. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests, better break-ins if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. It's all one word breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn. They want to connect. So do that. And thank you. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Bujan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency. And it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much. And we will see you next week with another amazing guest.